Well, good morning, everybody. This is Mark Tackett again here in Santo, Texas at First Baptist Church. I am glad to have the opportunity to share with you a little bit. To uh, What I'm going to share with you today is basically the devotionals that I've gotten up early in the morning the last three or four days and just spent time with the Lord and what I've written down. What uh, I will just tell you that, you know, part of being a, a, a Christian is being transparent and um, I have had a really few days that were really, really uh, challenging, um, but that's just life. That's nothing unusual. I'm sure that anybody that's listened to this would say that they have too. I don't hardly know anybody that isn't going through some kind of a challenge at this time. Um, but I have some really um, good word for you. Out of, out of God's God's book, His Word. Uh, and uh, I'm not going to take it out of context, but I'm going to tell you what it says to me, and I've done some, some background on it. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, However, uh, well, I'm going to back up and read a little bit further up. If, you, if you'll bear with me and just listen to what the, God's Word's saying. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse, I believe it's 6. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory, however it is written. So uh, this was written by Paul to the church in Corinth, and he's talking about wisdom and that uh, it's uh, that the rulers of this age would not have understood it, and if they would have, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord. So God's wisdom... In, and is interpreted through revelation. It's not the wisdom of man. And so even though Paul is talking about the rulers of that age, it applies to the rulers of this age also. We see our world uh, in so many ways, so many, I've, I really believe, bad decisions made by the rulers of this age. And, uh, you know, those rulers really should be seeking God's wisdom and seeking God's leaders to help direct them. That's happened in the past. I believe Billy Graham was a one of those folks that they sought for, I believe it was nine presidents. Billy Graham, when there was a crisis, would come to Washington and sit down with the president and they would seek the Lord and they would pray. I just pray that our current leadership would do that. I pray, first of all, that they know the Lord, whether they do or not, I don't know. But I pray that they, they do and that they make good decisions because those decisions that are made affect me, they affect you, they affect your family, they affect your children, they will affect your grandchildren for times to come. And so that's what he's talking about here, this, this wisdom. Uh, God has, he got, it says, uh, his secret wisdom, and it was, that it's been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. So this is God's plan, and Paul's talking about, 
And so it says uh, in verse 9, However, as it is written, No eye has seen, nor ear heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. I don't know about you, but that is really encouraging. And then it says, but God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. So when Jesus came, He was crucified, and it was, I believe, 40 days before He left this earth and went to heaven. And He left so that at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit could come down. And so God's wisdom, it, it's really important. You need to accept God accept the Lord, invite Him in your heart so that you have access to God's wisdom. Man's wisdom is no good. I mean, it's, it's good for simple things, but God's wisdom is much, much better. But it says God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. Okay? Um, I'm going to read a little bit out of devotional this week I did through from Angus Buckin. It's uh, a year... A farmer's year. And it says, Are you feeling very low in spirit and tired in body today? May the buffeting you have been enduring has exhausted you. The Lord has good news for you. He says that uh, eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it even entered into the heart of man the wonderful things which God has prepared for those who love him. Uh, do you understand, my dear friend, what God is saying? Um, it says, the things He has prepared for, for me and you are so wonderful that we cannot even contemplate or imagine them. Uh, you have the choice to walk out uh, of the door this day and either believe the lies of the devil, who is saying that you're a failure, a loser, and you will never amount to anything. That's what the devil says. You have the choice, if you're a follower of Christ, to either go out the door saying that, uh, or you have the opportunity to choose and believe the promises of God. When, when the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary, He said, it is finished. And He meant it. He has done the job and completed the task, and victory is ours. Uh, so I'm going to have a question for you at the end, or I'm going, to, I'm going to reveal the answer to the question, how big is God? I asked somebody that this week, and they said, He's as big as, He is as big as the heavens. And uh, that's a good answer, but I've, I've got a really neat answer for that. How big is God? Uh, so don't let me forget to give you the answer to that. Okay? Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 2 verse 16 we have no excuse okay we have no excuse uh, the uh, verse 16 for who has known the mind of the Lord okay just who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him okay who has known the mind of the Lord so that the Lord may instruct him but we have the mind of Christ. That's what Paul's saying. Uh, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've invited him into your heart. If, if, if we live as we should and are obedient and, and follow him as, we, as he instructs us to, 
we actually have the mind of Christ. Okay? So these temptations we run across in life and things that we continually to fall for, whether big or small, in our lives and we don't think we have any victory because as soon as we do them, Satan comes the accuser and we feel shame. We really have no excuse. So at this point in my life, when I mess up, I go, I go to the Father and say, God, I really, I'm sorry, I have no excuse. It's not as if I didn't know what I was doing. And so a lot of times I just choose to sin blatantly and then I suffer for it. But God forgives me, but pray to God that these consequences that in my life that I, when I mess up, they're going to affect other people, but I pray that they don't affect affect others they don't have to pay for my sin uh, and so this week uh, was looking in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 and this really stuck in my mind because it says be very careful then how you live and I wrote down how I live not as unwise but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, always giving thanks to God, the Father, for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. To me, that was kind of stunning when I read that because I don't like to think of the days as evil, but he's telling us, he's telling me to be prepared and to be guarded up because if I go out and do even what I'm doing right now, or I, on a day I pray with people and I, and I take the opportunity to witness to people, uh, that's what I'm called to do, but I better be on guard because the days are evil. That means that you just better be careful because if you're not prepared and you're not guarded up, uh, it may not be a good experience. Uh, for, because 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you or in me? So folks, uh, the Word of God says that, you know, in the Old Testament, he, he had a temple. It was in Jerusalem. When Jesus came, God's temple now resides within our heart. And so sometimes we need to go in and do a little house cleaning, go in and take a broom and sweep, sweep out the stuff that doesn't need to be there. All righty? And that's, that's me. In order for me to function, do I have a right to take the temple of God in which God dwells? He, he isn't going to share that with, some, with idols and with... So if... I'm making a bunch of money and I, I hoard it just for me. That's not good. God's spirit addresses that, and I'm gonna, I'm, uh, things are not gonna go well. So you need, we need to go in and do some house cleaning in our hearts. And uh, you know, uh, I'm reading a book called *The Invisible Man* by Chip Ingram. That's about spiritual warfare. This is just something I wrote down that I'm a that I got to remind myself, I am a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. My badge or my authority is my position in Christ. 
That's the only authority really that I have to function in this, wor this world uh, is, is my position in Christ. I have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Luke 10, 19 is a promise given to all believers. It says, Behold, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. So I need to claim who I am and act out on what is true. I need to study the Word, know the Word, be ready, and act decisively when I'm attacked. Okay? If I don't do these things, it's my own fault. I've, I've got a sword, and if I'm just walking around and I'm just, you know, feeling sorry for myself and that sword is by my side when I'm attacked by an enemy, whose fault is that but my own? Uh, and I'm going to go and read uh, Luke chapter chapter 10, verse 9. Um, there was something else I ran across there this morning that was really... Uh, bear with me just a moment. Uh, Luke 10... Uh, I'm sorry chapter 10 chapter 10 verse 19 if I said 9 I'm, I'm, I was mistaken uh, it says uh, Jesus was talking this is the red letters in the Bible these are Jesus word Actually, starting verse 18, he says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And, and right above that, in verse 17, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. So what's interesting, what struck me interesting about that, you know, Jesus had power and authority. We know that his disciples did. We know that they did after, uh, after the crucifixion because they wrote the New Testament. Lots of them did. But right here, when Jesus sent it out, he sent out 72 people, not just his disciples, but he sent out 72, and they came back and they were amazed that even the demons submitted to the Lord in his name. And Jesus is saying that he has given us uh, that same authority. Uh, do we use it? Do we practice it? Uh, his word says that we, we should and that we can because in 1 Corinthians, what I read a while ago says, we have the mind of Christ. We have his mind. We have his Holy Spirit. We have his authority. Uh, and so we should be doing what I read in Ephesians 5.15, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Do not be foolish, but understand what the, will, the Lord's will. So seek the Lord and figure out what the Lord's will is in your life, what you're supposed to be, what is your purpose, what are you supposed to be doing. It says, do not get drunk on wine, but instead which it says leads to the debauchery, real long word, I need to look that up again, but it says to instead be filled with the Spirit, always giving thanks to God the Father in everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I ask you, how big is God? You know, 
you ask a little kid that and they'll do that. How much do you love me? And kid, kids will do that. So how big is God? In your life, God is as big as you will allow him to be. That's the answer. God is as big as you will allow him to be. And then going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, but it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. What that saying is, is that, uh, you know, we use our eyes and our ears to, to see what's around us, to observe. And this is saying that there's not an eye that's seen or there, there's not an ear that's heard, nor has it even entered to the heart of man the things which God has prepared. So this is saying that we, have, we cannot even conceive of the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Uh, so who are those who love God? Well, you know, uh, those who love God, God, it, you know, we don't love God on our terms. God has, has laid out the rules. And, you know, we live in a, in a time of disobedience in a time where it's all about making up our own rules and not following the rule of law in different things in our society. It's a counter culture. You know, we want to cancel the things of God and the uh, ways of God. And if uh, so, God is going to love those who, first of all, know Him, and you have to accept Jesus Christ. To have that relationship with God, to know Him, and then it, you know, it's almost dangerous to know God and not be obedient. Uh, God's Word is our instruction manual, and uh, and then if we don't spend time with God, how 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 are you going to know Him? And that that's true with true for me, and uh, so this week I have just personally come back to a point of, of getting up and and not just laying in the bed thinking about God, but getting down on my knees and, you know, just seeking God, uh, talking to God, um, you know, and, and asking for His help in situations and conflict. I don't know anybody that's not in some type of conflict right now with uh, family or uh, just in life, in their environment, in their world, in their society. So the only peace that I can derive from this life is through this word and, and my obedience to it and following. I encourage you to do the same. And I'm just being transparent in myself for, of my need uh, that, that anything good that comes in my life or through my life is, is, through, the, is through God. Uh, through Jesus Christ, and I'm very, very thankful for Him, and appreciate how He just, it's not that He's out here, and I'm over here, and, and when I, I'm walking through life, and when I'm in trouble, or I need something, I call, He's always welcome to come over there, it's so much better when we actually abide in the Lord, and for me, what that means is that I walk through life each and every day, abiding in the Lord, already there inviting him into my day walking out of that door 
like I said, in, instead of listening to Satan, who will who is the accuser? Uh, you know, and God's word said for us as believers, if you if you struggle with shame in your life, that there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I, I ran across that years ago, and because uh, I struggled with thoughts of shame and, and things that I that I'd done in life that weren't good. But if you've accepted Christ, those sins are forgiven and they're removed and God doesn't see them. So there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So I hope that I hope that's a blessing and a help to anybody who might hear that today. And, and if you and thank you for listening and uh, let's pray. Father God, thank you for this day and your many blessings. Thank you for being so good to us. God, you're so good. You're so big that. It's unbelievable. Our minds can't comprehend how big you are. But you're, it, I believe that's true, what I've read, that you are as big in my life as I will allow you to be. And help us to see life that way, that see a big God, and we see our lives as big because of what you do through them. We praise you and we thank you, God. You're so, so good. You're so kind. You're so, so good, and you're faithful. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.